Are you tired of spinning your wheels with ineffective marketing strategies? Do you dream of finding a way to grow your business while also giving back to your community? Well, have you thought about charitable auctions? Maybe you've tried them in the past and you feel stuck because you're tired of donating to auctions that haven't gone that well. Either the winners never bothered to redeem their gift certificates or the ones who did were so price sensitive that you wished you'd never heard from them in the first place. Or maybe you've wanted to try auction marketing, but you don't know where to start and the thought of a bunch of trial and error makes you want to lay down and take a nap. Well, we've just launched our brand new course, Rework Your Marketing with Charitable Auctions. In this course, you'll gain access to a comprehensive course that has been meticulously crafted over 18 years of our own trial and error in our portrait studio in the trenches of charitable auctions. In this course, we dive deep into the world of charitable auction marketing and uncovering the secrets to our success with this. From setting clear goals to identifying the best charities for your business, we'll show you how to navigate this powerful marketing strategy with confidence. But that's not all. You're also going to receive a treasure trove of exclusive resources, including customizable templates, vendor recommendations, and tracking spreadsheets. Picture this. You donate a portrait session to a local charity auction. Not only does your donation attract the attention of your ideal clients, but it also helps support a cause that you're passionate about. And with the tools and insights provided by this course, you'll be able to turn those auction winners into lifelong clients. So whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, now is the time to rework your marketing strategy with charitable auctions. Visit our website today, dotherework.com forward slash auctions, and take the first step toward transforming your business and making a difference in your community. Welcome to The Rework with Allison Tyler-Jones, a podcast dedicated to inspiring portrait photographers to uniquely brand, profitably price, and confidently sell their best work. Allison has been doing just that for the last 15 years, and she's proven that it's possible to create unforgettable art and run a portrait business that supports your family and your dreams. All it takes is a little rework. Episodes will include interviews with experts from in and outside of the photo industry, mini workshops, and behind-the-scenes secrets that Allison uses in her portrait studio every single day. She will challenge your thinking and inspire your confidence to create a profitable, sustainable portrait business you love through continually refining and reworking your business. Let's do the rework. Hi, friends, and welcome back to the rework. You know... When you really break down marketing, when you really break down selling, at its very basic form, all we're doing is helping our clients to make decisions. And for some reason, that can be difficult. Many of the most difficult situations that we find ourselves in is in the sales room with a client and we can't seem to finalize the decision. We can't seem to close it up. Either they want to go home and measure, they want to think about it, or they want to talk to their husband or whatever. And it's just, we have these sales that just hang out there and never quite seem to finalize. And it's so frustrating. 
So this is something that I've battled with in my business that I've worked very long and hard to negotiate and try to figure out the best ways to help our clients reach a decision because then they can get what they want. We can get to the point where our beautiful work of their beautiful family is hanging on their beautiful walls and everybody wins. But getting there sometimes is difficult. So today's guest is Miss Catherine Langsford from Photos by Catherine in Vancouver, Canada. And we are going to talk through how we help our clients finalize their decisions. I can't wait for you to hear it. Let's do it. Well, it's been a hot minute since we had PBK in the podcast studio, and I'm happy to see your cute face. <laughs> Always happy to see yours. So happy that you're here. So I wanted to talk today about the concept of less clients, but more money, making more money with less clients. And that's something that we have intentionally, both of us have intentionally done with our businesses. We purposely charted out on a course across the fraught ocean of clients hell mm -hmm. and purposefully structured our business so that we could not have as many clients and spend more time with less clients. Correct. So what do you have to say about that? Well, I mean, when we've, you know, we've talked about this for years and it was one of the first things that we, you know, connected on when we first started, you know, talking all those years ago. And I think in the beginning, it sounds like this sort of like ultimate dream goal that of course everybody wants that, but like how on earth do you have that? It sounds like too good to be true. You know, we're right. working, working less and making more money. But yes. I think the two of us have been really focused on doing that with our business and have learned a few things along the way as to what that looks like and what it feels like. It doesn't always feel as good as you think it's going mm -hmm. to it's, it's not for the faint of heart. It can, it, when you start down the road, it can feel really scary. So what would you say for somebody that was listening to this, who has just maybe come through the busy season that have just felt like, you know, I am just overworked. I'm broken and I, something's got to give, I got to change the way that I'm doing it. What are some of the first steps that you felt like we took collectively together that you took in your own business to make you know, that change? I think one of the first steps that we, we did do this together was to look at the, that book, the pumpkin plan, who wrote that book? Mike Michalowicz. Okay. So I'm sure Link to that, that in the show stuff. notes. Yep. Yeah. So we looked at his worksheet and segmented our clients and listed out all our clients and saw who really were the top people that we were working with. And that was enlightening. It wasn't always who we thought it was. It wasn't necessarily sure. the people who come every year. It wasn't even necessarily the people who spend the most. So right. learning who the best clients that we had were was the first step for me. And then thinking about, okay, are there people on this list that maybe I need to cut loose? Not because I don't want more work, but because they're taking up my time and my brain space and I can't properly serve these top 5% who could become my whole business if I am, you know, dealing with someone who wants to nickel and dime me about unframed five by sevens. So there was that step. One thing that I loved about his, that spreadsheet that he has on his website, which we'll link to, and he talks about it 
exhaustively in his book, but he uses as his metrics for measuring the clients. It's not just top line revenue that they're right. bringing in. It's right. a lot of, it's, you know, how easy are they to deal with? Yep. Are they, well they communicate? Yeah. How well did they communicate? It, if you make a mistake, is it, do they let you fix it or do they punish you for right. like, are they putting a Yelp review and, you know, telling everybody that you suck or whatever, right. you know, like there's just a lot of metrics yep. that go into that to give that final grade that allow you to sort that in Excel so that you can really see that, wow, this person maybe doesn't like spend the top line, but they're like a referral machine yeah, yeah. and they love you and they talk about you and they're so easy and they're so fun yeah. and they're so great. You know, so there's a lot of things that go into that, that make a great client that sometimes we are looking only at one metric and we need to be looking at more. That, that's right. And just a little further on that is the assumption that I was making that my big spenders were the ones who needed all my attention. That even if they were a lot of work and a pain in the butt, I needed to really give them all they need. But you know what? When I really looked at, as you said, the metrics in that spreadsheet, there were some people who were, yes, big spenders, tens of yeah. thousands. But the time that I spent worrying, redoing things, chasing them around, trying to come up with solutions to like all the complaints they had, it wasn't worth it. It was keeping me from being able to give the attention to like new, great clients who could be a part of this new model. So that yeah. was a learning curve for sure. And I needed to be able to see that, like be yeah. open to seeing that. Right. And also I think looking at your client base, at your database with a fresh eye and some, maybe some metrics that you hadn't considered before. And then also really looking at yourself and thinking, how much do I want to work? How much do I really need to work? And being okay with not being, this is a big one for us, not just running around like a chicken with your head cut off all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Adjusting to, I mean, working, making more money and working less means working less. It means the phone will ring less. There will be less client activity, less client traffic, mm -hmm. less blocks on the calendar. Mm -hmm. And Really, it took me years, I would say, still sometimes now I have trouble with being okay with that, letting there just be space on the calendar if there's going to be space, being cool with maybe I'm only getting one great lead a month, just less traffic. But if they're quality people that are well qualified and, you know, a good fit for this new business model, then it's, it all works really well. But we do really have to shift that mindset that busy means successful. Exactly. So we look at the clients, kind of get your head around working less actually means working less. How do you make that transition? Because I think everybody would like to have more yeah. really amazing, great, well-qualified clients. You know, I don't think you and I've ever been in a situation where we're like, listen, I just got to start telling people I can't work for them anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was a two-part yeah. transition for me. Part one was being clear about clients that I needed to let go. Okay. Because so talk about that. They fill a lot of your brain. They fill up a lot of time and a lot of headspace. So it's not just simple. It was implementing that all important pre-session consultation, which it all comes back to. But once Every I time. was able to implement the pre-session consultation, I was able to see really early on people who wanted a couple of five by sevens to go on mantles. 
Mm -hmm. they, what they really wanted was holiday cards and a print to mail to the grandmother. Like right. people don't necessarily know that's all they want. Right. And when they call, they might think they want a whole lot more than that. But when it really gets down to the consultation and a, a real education about the service, that kind of thing can come out. And those are not necessarily people that are worth my time if I want to make more and work less. Okay. And um, so, so let me just clarify something here too, because I can hear our listeners out there yeah. thinking that, okay, so you're defining clients that you want to let go. So then you just call people up and tell them, Hey, I'm not working with you anymore. <laughs> no, no, it's not that yeah. we've had this conversation. Yes. It's not have... that it's, no, we... it's, it's what you're doing is you're not saying anything to anybody. You're saying to yourself, you're saying, Catherine, I'm saying, Allison, this is how I want to work. What yeah. I really want to do the highest and best use of my talent, my abilities, why I was put on this earth in my mind. I mean, other than, you know, metaphysical things, but in my career, in this business, I, my highest best use of my talent and abilities is to make art for my clients' homes that go on the wall mm -hmm. or in custom designed albums, but it is a finished product that they can look at and enjoy for generations that, that you know, cr it creates the art in their home. And that's how I want to do it. And so I'm not willing to do it any other way. I don't want to just have the work be on a holiday card. I don't want it to just be something ephemeral that's just going to go on a social media post. Or like you said, in a bunch of little frames on a console table. That's mm -hmm. overkill, you know, for what we're doing. So I don't have to say to anybody, like say I've been doing those little things up until now. Mm -hmm. I've allowed that to happen. I can just stop allowing that and say, okay, you know, like you've said, like we've said many times and we sat, yeah. sat together and said, okay, how are we going to roll this out? Well, we can say, you know, I realized I wasn't serving my clients to the best of my ability. And the best of my ability is creating art for your walls and custom designed albums. And so that's what I'm doing. And so let's talk and see about what we can do for you and how we can work together. And then if at the end of that time that you're chatting and having that consultation and they make it very, very clear that really all they want is a couple of five by sevens and some holiday cards, then that's just overkill. Yeah. Because they can't really get that. And here's the kicker, right? Is the rules, the things that you have to put into right. place right? to say, okay, you can get, can clients get five by sevens from you? Can they get them from me? Yes, they can. Absolutely. As add-on to finished fine art. So as a copy of a finished fine art piece. So if they want a print in a five by seven, that needs to be a copy of that print that's on the wall as a frame piece. So yeah, that we don't say no, I don't do that. We just say yes, totally. Absolutely. We do stuff as copies of wall work. Yeah. For mine, it doesn't have to be a copy, but they have to have put something on the wall or we've created an album, in which case if it was an album, obviously it would be a copy because it's already in the album. So that is the next part, right? Is that you're, you're looking at that client list and you're saying, oh man, these top five people, what did they buy? Why are they the top five? Mm -hmm. Because in our conversations, they put something on the wall. They did a cool gallery up there, huge Vancouver staircase that has all this natural light and gorgeous or Mine did a huge 60 inch portrait of their family over their sectional or whatever. So those best clients love their family, want to see them on their walls. Love what we do. Get what we do and love what we do. 
They're not asking us to do something different. They love what we do exactly the way we do it. Right. And usually those are the people that we've actually told what we do in a clearer fashion. And then they've decided to do it. And some of those people were working with me when I wasn't doing that. Exactly. Okay. So talk about that. Like the people, like, cause that's the other fear is that when I have, when we have students that come through, you know, the art of selling art course or whatever, and they'll be like, well, so I just have to go get all new clients. Like I have to get rid of all these people. No, there's. So I've had that conversation many, many times because I've been in business 25 years. So the major changes I made in my business were probably seven ish years ago. So people from before that time, I tell them we haven't worked together in a long time. I, I I need to tell you about how I do, you know, there's a few things I do differently, a few changes I've made for the better in the interest of better serving my clients and being as, as efficient as I can mm-hmm. uh, with your time. And then I talk to them about starting with the end in mind and how we start with the art idea. And if they don't have that idea, that's something that I can help them develop. And then from there, we decide what we're shooting based on what they want in the wall on the wall or what they want in an album. And at that time, if they're like, oh, last time we did like 25 four by sixes, can't we just do that? Then I have that conversation. Like, here's how you can purchase unframed prints. Like I try to not say, no, I don't do that. Right. Just tell them how they can get what they want. But if the way to get what they want doesn't suit them, then usually it ends, you know, like we we never have a a sort of, I, I haven't experienced people saying, can't you just do this for me? Like, which is what I'm worried about, right? Of course. But I, I don't really experience that. I experience yeah. them sort of saying like, okay, let me think about it. Or, okay, let me ask my husband. And then they don't call back and that's fine. That's how they get filtered out. I gave them right. all the information. I told them how I'm working now. And sometimes I can tell that it's not working for them and that they're not going to be coming back. And I have a little thing in me that feels like, oh no, yeah, maybe I yeah. should make an exception. Or, Who do yeah. I think I am to be placing these rules and restrictions on people? <laughs> yeah, but then I need to remember I'm doing this to grow my business and make it better. And, and if it's not a good fit for them, that's okay. There's another business that's a perfect fit for them. And right. there's another client who's a perfect fit for me. So I have those conversations a lot. Well, okay. And so what I've experienced is exactly that, that really... People don't go away mad. They're just like, oh, that's really cool. That's really interesting. You know, I think when our oldest is about ready to graduate, we're going to schedule that mm-hmm. and let's do that then. But right now at this time, I really just need a few four by sixes. So I'm going to go do something else. Mm-hmm. Right. Or what's more common in my experience is the reason why they bought all those four by sixes the last time we worked together is because I wasn't acting like an expert. I wasn't helping them pick. I was showing them too many images and I was letting them do actually what I consider wrong. Mm -hmm. I was letting them not decide by just buying a lot of little Mm -hmm. rather than saying, okay, no, no, look, 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 really, let's look at this. Like, what's the most important thing? We already talked about this. It's the family or it's the picture of the kids or whatever. And let's pick the best one. And you know this, like the very first time you print your work, print a piece big and have it framed, what that does for that image and what it, how it elevates it and how you feel about it when you walk by it, even in your studio or, you know, whether it's in your home of your family or in a studio of your client's family and how that, it changes the whole thing. And that's, in my opinion, how I want to do business, that's how it should be done. 
And so I really am just not willing to do it another way. I really want the clients to have that feeling as they walk in their home, that they have an elevated modern family portrait that really shows the personalities and the relationships in their family in a way that can hang next to fine art that they're buying at a gallery or whatever. That's what I want for them. And if they don't want that, if they don't want that, then they don't really want me and that that's okay. But what I find is that they actually do want it. They just might not want it right this minute because this time in their life is not that important. So they're going to save me for when it's important. They're going to go use another photographer to get a lot of little. Yep. And that's okay. Totally. And so what's the self-talk to make that okay? Like I how think do we self-talk is I don't, I'm not the person I was 12, 15, 17 years ago. I'm not running the business I was running that long ago. My business has grown and changed. And I I want to be able to do what I'm doing for anyone who wants it. But if this person doesn't want it, then it's the right thing to be transparent about what it is and let them walk away if it doesn't fit for them. So the scary part of this is that when you start to make some of these changes and yeah. you know, put some of these rules in place and say, okay, this is what I'm doing. There might be, there's a lot more people that want a bunch of digital files yeah. than there are who want to spend, you know, multiple thousands of dollars on a single piece of framed art for their wall. There just yeah. are, but you could make the same amount of money. I mean, just dollars to dollars with one person that's doing that second thing than a lot of people that are doing the first thing that we just described. So what's happening then is your phone is going to ring less. If you're really putting the message out there mm-hmm. on your social media, whatever that like, okay, look, we're hanging this, we're installing this, you know, you do a lot of where you're like, you're signing the prints before they go to the framer, that sort of thing. It's very clear what it is that you're doing. Yeah. So there are going to be some calls that you just, that we don't even get. There's somebody that's yeah. going to be like, oh, I haven't seen Catherine Langsford in a while. I wonder what she's doing on social media. Let me check her feed. And then she looks and sees it's all fine art. It's all albums. It's all she's signing things. Man, it doesn't look like she's doing just digital files anymore. So yeah. they might not even call. So the phone is going to ring less. Yeah, they're not calling. They're yeah. not calling. Yeah, which is scary. Yep, that can be scary. And also there are, I get more leads that, don't convert. So if they haven't looked at me and made the decision on Instagram, maybe they are calling me and reaching out. But after we have a conversation, they realize, oh, okay, that's more than what we want to do. And it's a bigger deal than I'm planning on. And so those can be hard. Those can be demoralizing and, you know, make you feel like, okay, what am I doing wrong that none of these people are booking? But what I need to do, what helps me is to look at the data, look at the numbers, Mm-hmm. Look at the year over year sales. Look at, you know, the average. I don't trust my own memory for how many shoots I've done this year. I yeah, need to count them data. up, take the revenue, divide it, yeah. do the math. Fourth grade math. Yes. Not even high school. Fourth okay. grade math. Yeah. Yeah. So I need to do that so that I can see, okay, my sales average is pretty good. And okay, my annual revenue is pretty close or even past what it was last year. So I can't just trust how I feel about how successful my business is. I have to look at the numbers. And many times I've been surprised. Many, many times. I mean, your head can really do a number on you. And the other piece is, as we've talked about in in previous podcasts, like the glorification of busy, right? 
like we have in our minds as business people, if we're not hopping with the phone ringing and a full calendar and people wanting us at every turn, then that something's wrong. Right. And this model, you sort of have to get used to that not happening. Like, you know, I've had a couple of years now with this model, really almost exclusively where I have fewer clients, bigger sales, less work, but my revenue is good. Mm -hmm. And I've had to, I've really had to get used to things being quiet and realizing that it's okay. And this is what I wanted. This is what I asked for. I've got, you know, maybe I've got nothing going on this week at all. Cause I just wrapped up a really big job and I don't have another shoot for another two weeks and the revenue is not suffering, but I've got nothing happening this week. So yeah. maybe I'm going to not go in. I mean, that's kind of an extreme, but it has happened. Yeah. You well, know, or you're planning your life around, you're saying, you know what, we're going to book, maybe you're going to, like, you're planning a, a big trip, you know, coming up here that you're going to be gone for a few weeks and, yeah. and you can do that. You can plot that because you're not just booking every minute to yeah. be busy. The other thing too, I think that's important to, to say is that the time that you are spending on those clients each one of those sessions, the time you're spending is very different than yeah. how you were spending it when you were just busy, when you're doing a lot of volume and a lot of different, a lot of little client, not no clients, little, every client is big. I mean, we love all of our clients, but you know what I mean? Like a lot of little orders or a lot of smaller things rather than like, okay, we're doing this very conceptualized piece. It's going to be big. It's going to be whatever, how you're preparing to sell that, how you're preparing to yeah. show that to them even before the shoot, Yeah, you know, your level of service, the level of service, right. The, the amount of time you're taking doing the consultation and then dreaming up what you're shooting for them and then how that is going to manifest in their home, what they're doing with that, that takes more time to come up with that. A hundred percent. And that's something that while I was transitioning into this model, I fell short a couple of times and I realized, okay, I got to get on the ball with this because the people that are the really big clients cannot be lost in a sea of smaller clients who have way more needs because they've ordered like quadruple the number of things, but they're so much smaller. I, I guess what I'm saying is we learned like to be really wary of booking a, a big client near Christmas. Mm-hmm or during any other big busy time, because I don't want them to get lost in a sea of busy. Now it's a little more like, I don't get as crazy busy as I did when I had more clients. So it's a little- During this, during this season, you could yeah. have, it's more spread yeah. out through the year. Yeah. Yeah. But I have learned that I want to provide the best service to these people. And that means thinking about them every step of the way, like thinking about them before they come in for the consultation. Do I have the wall photos from them? If I don't, it's not going to be a very productive meeting. Do I have the right drinks and snacks? And is the studio all clean? And do I have fresh flowers? And like, I'm, I'm not too busy to pay attention to these things. So every time a client walks in my studio, I want them to look like they're the only person that's ever been there. It's yeah. all clean and perfect and refreshed and nothing looks like it's you know, been worn down and then all the way through. So the consultation, we do wardrobe pickup. I want to help consult with them on their wardrobe to make sure they've thought of everything. And if they haven't, can I help them? And then we go and pick it up from their house so that it's all pressed and ready and at the studio a couple of days before, and I can go through it and see if anything's missing. Like if we aren't on top of that step, it sometimes doesn't happen. So staying on track with that. And then of course the session, I mean, you know, we need to have had a very clear understanding of what we're shooting. Have I sent them the quote? Has the quote been approved? 
If it hasn't been approved, then we might need to adjust what we're shooting that day because I have people approve the art sale before I shoot the art for the art. And if that hasn't happened, that can screw things up, man. You know, if people haven't gotten back to me and I'm too busy to notice they didn't get back to me and then they show up with their family and they want 500 different iterations of everything just in case they might want to buy it. And we haven't really nailed down what they're buying. I mean, that's just a bad situation that can tank the whole sale. My great big client could, because of my disorganization and not getting that fine art order organized before the session. That could mean that when they show up for the view and order, they're overwhelmed. There's too much good stuff. They can't decide what to buy, so they don't buy anything. Or they go away to think about it. Or they just put it all in an album instead of doing the three great big art prints. Right. It just screws up the decision making because it gives them so many things to consider. And then, then they're overwhelmed and upset with us. Because Absolutely. of course, you know, it's not ever going to be colors their, fault. their experience. It colors yeah. their experience. Yeah, They're not thinking through, oh, it's because I didn't answer her email. They're not thinking that No, they're thinking that was overwhelming and stressful. And I don't want to do that again. Or, well, it's going to cost this much. And yeah. just, and I just want my pictures and then we're holding a oh, hostage it. and it's bad. Yeah. So all the steps to the process are much easier to execute if I've got time to think about it. If I have time to think about that client, like what I really love doing is the clients that are coming up for me in the next two months, I have a, my own office and then there's a production office that handles all the post-production and everything. So when I'm in my office, I like a stack of client files sitting on my desk. That's all my current, like my clients that are coming up soon Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that I can regularly look through those files and think about them for a second. Mm -hmm. Do I need anything from them? Is everything on, you know, on track for them? And very often it's not. And there's a ball that's been dropped and I need to like stay on top of it. So those people need to stay at the top of my mind or they're not going to get the best of me. And I'm talking about, you know, like there may be certain months when I only have like four clients or five clients, but they're big orders and big jobs. And if I'm bogged down with like, 12 more other people that want a whole bunch of little stuff. I mean, those people are just going to get lost. Right. Yeah. And I think I've may have talked about this before in the podcast, but I, this was really clear brought home to me one Christmas season when my very best client who is just lovely and so easy and never, I mean, she's just happy with, she loves what we do. She approves quickly. She pays quickly. She's just easy. And all of a sudden I realized I was doing the 12th revision on a holiday card for a client that had only bought holiday cards. It was on the 12th revision. This woman was making me insane. And I realized, oh my gosh, I totally forgot that client. And we had all of this stuff that she needed for holiday gifts, all this framed art that she needed. I had completely let the whole thing slide And we had to like rush. I mean, we got it done, but I mean, like the day before she left town, I was taking it personally over to her house and it was, you know, as far as she was concerned, we got it done. But as far as I was concerned, I had almost really messed up of somebody that spent, you know, multiple tens of thousands of dollars with me every year for somebody that was only buying holiday cards. And so that doesn't mean that the person only buying holiday cards isn't worth anything. I mean, they have 
their place and all of that. But it's just for the health of your business, you have to look at those things mm -hmm. and realize that. And, and we all have been in those situations, right? Oh, yeah. we've, all, we've all been the good client, the, the loyal gym goer, right? Who pays your dues every month. Anytime they come up with a new class, you buy it. Anytime they come up with merch, I'm the first one with the t-shirt. But yet that gym is doing like Groupon after Groupon or living single or whatever, these promos. And they're screwing up your classes because they're bringing in all these people that only want to come in for the cheap deal. And they're not taking care of the loyal people that yeah. have been yeah. there all the way through. So it's epidemic in every type of business. It's just not realizing like, okay, what is it that really makes my heart sing? What is it brings me joy? brings my very best clients the most joy. What do my very best clients need? And that's the point of the pumpkin plan book is that building your business around the big pumpkins and then cutting some of those smaller yeah. ones, vines off so that you can let those pumpkins be bigger. Yeah. And it, I, I just want to stress, it doesn't necessarily mean cutting them off, like saying, I am no longer your photographer. It's more that your priority is to work in that way with mm -hmm. the top clients and the people who don't want it won't want it. Yeah. So you they're know? like, look, like all I need is some holiday cards. Like, what are we doing a consultation for? I don't need to come in for some consultation. Yeah. All yeah. I got to do is holiday cards. Okay. Well then right there, we've got, there's some education that needs to take place. And Oh, certainly we can absolutely yeah. do cards for you as an add-on, but what we specialize in is finished product for your wall. So we need to get together and plot that, figure out, like you say, set the creative agenda for the session yeah. And then if they're like, well, I don't, I live in the igloo with no interior walls. Like I'm yeah. never going to put anything <laughs> on the wall, you know? And I don't believe in albums. Like it's my house is my religion. All yeah. You know, then it's like, okay, well then you don't actually, for me, for just only a holiday card is it's just overkill. You don't want to spend that kind of money for that, you know? So what I find is that once I have a, a conversation with somebody about what we really do, they hear how excited I am about it and how passionate I am about what we really do, they, I really don't have anybody that goes away mad anymore, ever. What they always do is say, thank you so much for taking the time to tell mm -hmm. me about this. It's so cool what you're describing. I hadn't even considered mm -hmm. doing that. Does this sound familiar? I hadn't mm -hmm. even considered yeah. doing that. But now yeah. I, now that I know that you exist, I think maybe I do want to do that. So let me talk to my husband. I'll get back to you. And then sometimes they never will. Yeah. Or sometimes they really do. They wait until it's a more special time oh, or something. Absolutely. And something yeah. I also hear is people love the way that the new method is more focused on the end in mind. People who remember sitting with me and agonizing over 40 paper proofs mm -hmm. and like aborting the whole situation because they couldn't decide. Those people are really happy with how things are now. If the rest of it fits for them. They, yeah. They're thrilled with how easy this new method is because really by the time, I mean, we don't have to go into what that new method is, but by the time they get to their view and order, there's just a wall with four prints on it. And it's like, it's done. Right. <laughs> you know, like they don't have to start from narrowing down. The other thing I was going to mention was I could maybe hear people asking, how do you get those big clients? You know, if you're only going to have four clients a month or 20 clients a year or whatever your number is, how do you attract people that want to spend that much money? I'm sure you get that a lot. Yeah. I mean, I think one important thing is put it out. Like I do a lot of my promotion with the goal of showing people what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, obviously there might be a promotion there too, but a lot of times I want to show people, this is what's happening in my studio. This is an idea of what it costs. Mm-hmm. I might throw, and I'm not giving them a price list, but I might throw out, you know, we're discounting this. Now it's only $6,500 or whatever, just so people sort of get an idea of we're doing these big pieces. We're hanging them on the wall. Here's the general price point just to put that out there. Right. And I, I think that's useful, even if it's not a promotion, as you mentioned before, like Instagram showing installations, Instagram showing big wall art pieces, albums. Yeah. Obviously, you know, website headed in that direction, as opposed to just being an online portfolio. It's really all about showing the installation, showing the art, what the finished product looks like, what it could look like in their home, what it would mean for them. I don't know that these kind of services are available. No. We're not the average photographer. We're not, you've said it many times, like we're not going to just like meet them in a park and shoot 1200 images and hand over some kind of USB stick. Right. Exactly. Well, and the other thing too, like to answer that question, like, you know, where do you find these clients that are willing to spend this kind of money? Many of them started off as my clients that didn't spend a lot of money. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, many of them started off in my basement Yeah. when I sell digital files or started off shooting in my basement or in a park somewhere when I was selling a lot of little eight by tens and five by sevens. And they've just come along because they love what I do. They love the experience. They love how I make their kids feel. They love the expressions that I'm able to capture. All of these are things apply to so many people listening to this podcast, but I changed how I wanted to work in part because I wanted to have a sustainable long-term business, but also because I really truly believe in that end product. I, I truly believe in it. It's not just a money grab for like, well, the only way you're going to make money in this business is if you sell finished product. No, I really believe in it. I really believe I have a gallery hanging in my own home of work that my mother had photographed of me, that her mother had photographed of her. You know, I have multi-generations of portraits on my wall. It's something that has shaped me as a person growing up and I believe in it. So it's like to the core. And so when I was new and started, was kind of following what other photographers were doing, it just never felt truly satisfying to me. And I could see, like you said, that my clients would sit there and I'm, okay, so let's look at your pictures. Let's play the slideshow of 150 (laughs) images. Now we're going to go through and go, yes, no, maybe, you know, and then they're like, Give me the razor blades right now yeah. and let me kill myself. Whereas yeah. now it's like, okay, play the slideshow of way less images. Yeah. I still love a slideshow. And here's but, the three that are going on the wall. And here's the wall. Yeah. And here's the album. What do you yeah. think? You know, so it's yeah. just much shorter, much easier. And they don't second guess you no, because don't. they are just like, yeah, sure. I mean, if you, sometimes if you even ask them a question, they're like, wait, hold on a minute. Don't that's your job. Don't ask me that question. Like you tell me what it's supposed to be framed in, or, you know, you tell me where it's supposed to go. So it really has changed so much over the years. Yeah. Great. I love it. Okay. Well, I think those are some good takeaways. So look at your data, look at your clients, see who really is the very best for most businesses. It's not top 100 people. It's usually top five, 10, maybe 20. If you've been in business for a long time, I'd say it's less than 10 for me. Yeah. My really top people that I would just drop everything. And again, 
it's a combination of bottom line, you know, sales, communication, people that they refer, how easy they are, how much they mm -hmm. love what we do and just let us do our thing. Yeah. Trust. Manage anything. Trust. Exactly. They trust us. Yeah. yeah. Those are the people I'm talking about. And it was surprising how some of the big spenders did not make the cut. Yeah. But yeah, the biggest. Yeah. Okay. So data, then we're again, always going back to that consultation, really communicating before we ever shoot anything, what it is that we're doing and how we're doing it, communicating that in every social media post, communicating that on our website so that it's so that because I don't like telling people no. I mean, I don't say no, but I don't even like when I feel like I've weeded someone out, even still, even when I know it's a good thing, it still makes me feel bad. So I'd rather just not get the call. Mm -hmm. I would rather that all of that communication that's going out on social media and my website makes them go, okay, I'm not ready to do that. So I'm not going to call her mm -hmm. until I'm ready to do that. That's success to me. Mm -hmm. And then preparing ourselves for that when we're not just running around after a lot of little and that the phone isn't ringing as much as we would like that we we need to go again, go back to that data and see how are the sales averages looking? What's the year over year revenue? How's that looking? And fact checking ourselves before we start freaking out and thinking, oh my gosh, I'm never going to work again. I'm going to be living in a van down by the river. And then taking those time, that time that we've now carved out to really spend on the clients that we do have, dreaming up all kinds of new things for them, new concepts new reasons for like things that we could do for them that we wouldn't have the bandwidth or even think of have the creativity oh. for if we'd been stretched so thin, just doing the same thing for multiple people. Exactly. And that's how you, that's how you get more, less clients, but more money. Yeah. That's it. That's how the you do secret. it. In a nutshell, it's so easy. It's only a five, it's only a 75 step process. Yeah. Followed by being shrunk by your shrink to not feel like you're going to be living in bed. I know. It also really helps to have a good friend in the business in another city or country to help bounce these ideas and shore each other up. Because there have been plenty of times where you've been slow and I've given you the pep talk. I've been slow and you've given me the pep talk. Yeah. And so we keep each other like hold, you know, hold firm. Yes, totally. You're doing it. So I appreciate that about you. And I appreciate you taking the time and sharing your wisdom with our listeners today. And I appreciate everything about you, ATJ. You are the best. Bye. You can find more great resources from Allison at dotherework.com and on Instagram at do.the.rework. .the